welcome to Open School of Business. Today we have a guest who's going to teach us about SEO, more advanced staff, more interesting tactics. Um, and obviously he is also going to share his journey as an entrepreneur. Uh, welcome, Brandon. Can you start off with uh, your own journey, how you become an SEO expert? I got my degree in business marketing and kind of fell into digital marketing back in 2007. The first job that I got out of college wanted me to help out with kind of all aspects of digital marketing. They wanted me to help out with email marketing, social media, running paid ads, doing search engine optimization, taking pictures of their products, kind of doing everything for them. And back then I kind of realized that everyone's probably gonna have a website in the future and SEO is a way to get free traffic because all the things I mentioned definitely work to get traffic, but if you can get free traffic, why pay for traffic when you can get it for free? So I've really stuck with that over the years, working at different advertising agencies, working at different company, mom and pop shops, all the way up to Fortune 500 companies, helping out with their SEO and really just stuck with that. And now I have my own company where I just focus on that full time, helping people get that free traffic from Google. Uh, awesome. Uh, so as an entrepreneur, what was your first step in finding your first clients? And, you know, as an example of your own website, uh, how would you recommend people structure their search engine optimizations? The first clients I got were probably from me posting ads on Craigslist, maybe, because <laughs> I would just post that I was offering SEO services and people would find me through there. So I think that was probably where I first got my first few clients. Not the best. Some of them were a little weird that responded to those Craigslist ads, but did find some leads and also people that would barter and do some little trades. So that's always nice every once in a while. But yeah, that was probably where I first got my clients. Nowadays, most of them come from my website ranking on Google because takes some time to rank on Google. It's not immediate. So it takes about six months to really get traction on Google. So in between that time, you got to figure out some way to supplement that traffic. And that's where I was like Craigslist or just going door to door, call, cold calling businesses at the very beginning, just trying any way to get the word out there. But nowadays, doing proper marketing or proper SEO gets me that traffic. So I rank for my keywords that are targeted towards people looking for my services, which I also do for other people, just making sure that they show up for the right keywords because that's really an important part of SEO. It's making sure, mm -hmm. up, making sure that you show up for the keywords that have intent behind them, that people actually want to use your product or service. Yeah. Uh, it, since you already mentioned keywords, um, what's the strategy for using keywords? Uh, is it good to be super uh, unique in your keywords? Um, or if you actually need to do something more general, I know SEO optimization is a very general topic and ranking on that must be really hard. So how do you, you know, deal with that dilemma? Yeah, no, you find keywords that are called long tail keywords, keywords that are two or more words. So if you're just trying to rank for the word SEO or something like shoes or dresses or clothing, there's no real intent behind that. That could mean a ton of different things. You want to go for keywords that are more words. The more words in it, the less people are searching for it, but the more people that actually are interested in your product or service. Like you might be selling dresses or like women's dresses, but 
searching for women's dresses doesn't really say much. Like they could be, what are women's dresses? What are the different styles? They're not really looking versus someone says like, I want a white woman's dress or white woman's dress for evenings, size, medium. So they're looking for that exact dress. They want to make that purchase. So going for those longer tail keywords that less people are searching for, but the people searching for it want to use your product or service. And there's tools that will show you how many people search for those keywords, such as a Google Keyword Planner. It's a free tool from Google that will show you how many people search for your keywords every single month. Or you could buy tools that are paid tools. But if Google's going to give you the data, I would trust Google's data. And all these paid tools are just taking Google's data and making it look prettier. So Google Keyword oh, Planner is That's a good, good hack. Pay less, get better service from the source, right? Yep. Yes. Um, also about talking about the Google um, and um, being able to search what people are searching and how many and etc. Um, I want to take you to the next level in terms of geography. Uh, how do you define that? Especially if I want like women who are searching for the white dress medium size uh, in a special location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're trying to rank locally, then you need to create pages on your website about those local pages or the locations that you want to rank for. Because if it's not on your website, it's not going to rank. You have to give Google the keyword or give content. And the way to create content on your website is by creating pages. So if you're trying to rank for specific cities, then you want to target those cities. But if you're doing e-commerce, you don't necessarily need to rank for specific cities because Google knows that if you search for address doesn't necessarily need to be local unless they append it with dress near me or dress in my city. So if you have a physical location, you might want to do that. But if you're trying to do that for e-commerce, that could get a little out of hand. But service-based businesses could definitely do that. Like someone that's doing, like myself, doing marketing, I could post or create pages on my website saying I help out New York or San Francisco or Miami or Austin, Texas or San Francisco or like going after the bigger cities and creating pages on my website because then if there's a page on my website and someone's searching for SEO in Austin, Texas, and if I have a page about that on my website, then I become relevant. If I don't have a page about that, Google's not going to want to show you because there's no relevancy and it's not going to be a good user experience because that person might be searching for someone in Austin and you're located in California, so it doesn't align. But if you have a page talking about Austin and how you could service that area, that would make more sense to Google. Mm -hmm. uh, and in terms of the technical part, um, uh, what do you recommend people to start with? And, you know, we can cover the basics and then you can share more advanced tools with us. With SEO, there's a lot of different aspects to optimizing your website, but some parts are a lot more important than others. Like adding good content on every page is very, very important. The more content you have, the better you're going to rank. So try to put at least 400 words or more of content on any page that you want to rank because each page is an opportunity to rank for different keywords. So the more pages you have, the more keywords you can target and the more opportunities you have to rank on Google. And also the SEO title tag or page title tag, it's different on every platform, but that's where you also want to put your keywords. That's Those two areas are the most important places to put your keywords on your website. If you do that, you will definitely be much further ahead than most people. 
but the content has to be 100% original. It can't be copied from another page on your website or from someone else's website. It has to be unique. Otherwise, Google's going to actually penalize you. And instead of ranking higher, you have to drop down in rankings, which is the last thing you want to happen. So mm-hmm. make sure you have good original content. That's really important for SEO purposes. And make sure you fill out that title tag with about 60 characters is how long you can put it. And you can put as many keywords as you can fit in there. Don't repeat the same keyword over and over again. This is where you do the keyword research to figure out, do I want to use the singular or the plural or a synonym of this word where you use Google Keyword Planner to see how many people actually search for that keyword. Once you find out which keyword gets the most search volume, then you put in that SEO title tag. And that really helps out a lot with Google. There's a ton of other places you could optimize, but those are the more important places. Wow. It's really cool. I like that. And uh, I have some more follow-up questions, um, especially for entrepreneurs who use like website builders. There's a Webflow, there's Wix, uh, a little less complicated. Uh, But what happens on those uh, website builders is you get sort of like a one page that scrolls all the way down. Uh, What do you think about those and how to deal with them? Yep. So the one-page websites are nice aesthetically, but very bad for SEO. If you want to rank and get traffic from Google, then you are only targeting about three to five words. So if you want to target more keywords, you got to create more pages. And if your page is just one long page, you're not going to be able to target more keywords. So got to break that up into individual pages. And it's like building a house. You could keep adding more and more to your home and building it up and building it up. And it's all free real estate. I mean, you have to invest time and money to build it, but it's yours. Same with your website. You can just keep building more and more pages and adding more pages and building it up and up and up and ranking for new keywords. And building a website is a lot less expensive than building a house. So just keep adding as much as you can. Don't hold back. That's why blogging became popular because 10, 15 years ago, it was tough to add new content to your website. There wasn't like WordPress or Shopify and all these platforms that make it really easy. Back then, it was like Dreamweaver. Magento and Joomla and all these technical ones. But blogging made it easy for business owners to add more content to their website. The more content, the better. Don't hold back. Create as many pages as you can. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think uh, to follow up on the same sort of an idea, but a different organization style, uh, sometimes people are multi-passionate and they have different websites for different things. Uh, would it help to put it all sort of uh, under one portfolio website and then have different pages and then the blogging becomes easier too? But I mean, what do you think about that approach? No, it depends. As long as the services are similar, I would definitely combine them all because if you have multiple websites, that's multiple businesses that have multiple social media accounts. That means you have to update Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You have to create YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And like you said, you have to blog on it and you have to do SEO. And you're doing it, if you have two websites, that doubles the amount of SEO you have to do. And a lot of SEO is building backlinks, which means creating content for other websites, which means writing articles, doing press releases, just getting a lot of content marketing. So if it's similar, I would combine them. If they're different, keep them separate. But if like, if you're a doctor and you also tutor people on the side for math, that might be a little strange to combine them two. So maybe mm-hmm. keep them separate. But if you're a doctor and you also tutor people on health 
and how to become a doctor, then combine them. But if they're separate or if it doesn't make sense, then separate them. But if they're similar, I would 100% keep them together because it's going to save you a lot of time, a lot of headaches and make your life a lot easier. Mm, yeah, I, I think the KISS idea is very good. Keep it simple, sweet. Um, are there any other um, advice like that where simplicity is the key? To yeah, no, less is better. But yeah, well, not for SEO. Google wants content. The more content, the better. But you don't have to put the content at the very top of your website because that's going to make it look pretty ugly. So when I'm telling you to put 400 words of content on every page on your website, you might be like, well, where am I going to put this content? It's going to just clutter up my page and make it look really ugly. Well, I always tell people, throw at the very bottom of your website or the page because most people don't scroll. On top of your page, it's called above the fold. So when someone's looking at your website, whatever they see on their screen, if it's a desktop, mobile device, whatever they're on, that's called above the fold. Once you start scrolling, that's below the fold. Most people do not scroll down. So make the top, the above the fold, easy, simple, clean, have a good call to action, value proposition. Maybe put a video up there because people like visual content. People don't want to read. But if you're putting 400 words of content at the top, nobody's going to read that. Nobody wants to have, nobody has time, especially nowadays with social media. Attention spans are so short that no one's going to read that. Even bullet points sometimes, people aren't going to read all that stuff. So video does work well because people will listen to you and it makes it easier. They don't have to read. So, I mean, if you look at social media, it's kind of taken, it's gone a lot towards more video. Instagram is images and videos, but primarily people post videos. TikTok, primarily video. I mean, it's all videos. Pinterest has videos recently they enabled like a year or two ago. Everything is allowing videos, video, visual content. I would recommend if you can do it, take advantage of it. It's going to make it, make buying a lot easier for people because video builds trust. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good, uh, uh, a really good thought about the, uh, building trust. And um, uh, as an entrepreneur yourself, how did you go about that uh, when you started your business? Um, and especially, I, I want to uh, emphasize on the time commitment because uh, I know consulting is a very time um, time heavy uh, business. And uh, how do you organize yourself? And how much time do you give uh, your clients? Uh, what does it look like in general? And have you made any new modifications? as the years went by? Yeah, no, it's changed a lot over the years, but with consulting, it just depends on how big their website is, how, how many pages they have. Some websites might be just, uh, like I said, like a doctor. They might only have five pages on the website or someone might be selling tennis shoes and they might have 500 products. So just depends to the extent of how big the website is, how much, and also how much SEO they've done already. If it's a brand new website, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Whereas if it's been established, they've been around for a while, it's going to be a little bit easier to rank because Google doesn't trust anybody. Google looks at every website and just says, we don't trust you. And the way to build trust is by being around for a long time, but more importantly, by getting backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you. The more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google is going to have, and that results in higher ranking. So it just depends on what needs to be done if they only have hundred backlinks and their competitors have a thousand backlinks, we're going to have to really go deep into what's going on and how we can get to that level. But if their competitors only have 50 backlinks and you have 40 backlinks, it's not going to take as much time. So 
it's really not a one size fits all kind of solution, which I realized over the years is every website is different. Every business is different. It's not just, this is what's going to work for you. Even with SEO, we're not really trying to be Google's algorithm. I don't care how Google works. What matters is who's on that first page of Google for your keywords, how much SEO have they done and how can we do better SEO than they are doing? That's all that really matters. So when it comes down to the consulting, it just comes down to looking at the competition and seeing how we could get you above them by doing better SEO, by doing better keyword research, by implementing better keywords, better content, and better backlink. So um, for the sake of content creators, um, I would like to ask you about your uh, strategy and tactics for social media uh, and YouTube pages and, and things like that. How to rank better? Uh, what are the don'ts and what are the do's in those uh, areas? For YouTube, it, well, Google owns YouTube. And it's similar to optimizing your website. You want to go in YouTube and optimize what YouTube allows you to put content in. Because again, content is number one. YouTube can't really read videos. They're getting better at it, but they need you to give them as much information as possible. So if you could transcribe your videos, that's going to be huge. Putting subtitles, closed captions, that really helps out. But transcribing the video and putting that transcript in the description will really help out a lot because they're trying to, they're getting better at understanding it, but they're not fully there yet. So maybe in a couple of years, you don't need to do that. But for now, the more content you put in there, the better. But the title really is the most important. Putting keywords in that title. title. Just like I was talking about the SEO title tag. Essentially, the title of your video is 60 characters. You can make it short like BuzzFeed does, like clickbaity, but that's because BuzzFeed wants social media traffic. They don't care about ranking. They don't care about people, new people finding them organically. I mean, they want it, but they're not focused on that. So I would focus on long, 60 characters, trying to put as many keywords as possible without repeating yourself in that video title. Really, really important. And then also when you're on YouTube, it says share this video underneath the video on the bottom right. It usually says share. They'll let you share it on Facebook, Instagram, or maybe not, but Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, all these different places, but it says embed. If you take that embed code, which is some HTML code, and you can put it on your website, then your website's gonna have that YouTube video on your website. And the more websites that have your embed code, the more traction you're gonna get, the higher you're gonna rank on YouTube. It's kind of like building backlinks for SEO, but essentially you wanna embed that video on as many websites as possible. And if you embed that video on your own website and you get 5,000 views, those 5,000 views get added to your YouTube channel or to that video. So the more places you can embed that video, the better. You can share it on social media, but sharing it socially doesn't too, do too much because Google well, YouTube and all these other social media sites are direct competitors. So they don't want to help each other out. So if you have video content, you need to upload it separately to Facebook, to Instagram or IGTV if it's a long form video, upload to Twitter, upload to LinkedIn separately, upload to YouTube separately because you can't cross promote them. Facebook doesn't want to help YouTube out. YouTube doesn't want to help Pinterest. Pinterest doesn't want to help LinkedIn. They're all direct competitors. So upload them separately and that's going to get you the most visibility and exposure. And try to think of the titles, putting keywords in that title is so very important. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we talk about keywords at the, and the hashtags, uh, they're like synonyms in terms of cross-platform words, right? 
So is it better to have the same one everywhere? Let's say Open School of Business is, you know, on YouTube, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. So Open School of Business is your company name. So you're always going to rank for that. That's not really a keyword. That's like Mm -hmm. trying to rank for like Target or Walmart and that's your company. It's a branded name. You want to rank for non-brand keywords. But every platform is going to be different. They're going to be similar for the most part. Like keywords that people search on Google, probably going to be similar to what they search on YouTube, but they might be different. So you always want to double check and use those different tools to research the keywords to make sure they really are the same. But for the most part, they'll align, but it's not 100%. It's probably like 90%. So you might just need to do a little bit of research, just double checking and making sure people use the singular or the plural on Google. They might use it differently on YouTube, slightly differently, but keyword research using the different tools like the Google Keyword Planner or all these platforms, not all of them, but most of them have their own keyword research tool or there's third-party tools that you can pay for, like Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S, is a paid tool or SEMrush or Boz will do keyword research and help you find those high search volume keywords on every platform. Mm-hmm. And um, um, for example, uh, what kind of tools um, uh, to research keywords you can use for uh, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook? Because we talked about the Google already. Mm-hmm. Well, it would be similar to like Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush would be good research or tools to do keyword research. Uh, also, it's a little different. Like people aren't really searching too much on Facebook or Instagram. Sometimes they do, but like not many people are really searching. But Instagram, they'll do hashtag searches. So trying to find hashtags that are related to your business or whatever that you're trying to promote. Just don't throw Throwback Thursday or Motivational Monday or these really generic hashtags because there's no intent behind it. You want hashtags that people are actually going to want to use your product or service just to get followers off a hashtag is not good because they're not going to engage. They're not going to care about you and it's going to look bad. So try to use targeted hashtags. Don't just try to rank for any hashtag just to rank for it because that's not going to bring in the right people and you want people that actually want to reach out to you. You don't want just random people showing up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, that's an, a very good business point there. Like, really target the people you want, and then do your research before you even start your business, knowing your client and who's gonna be your target audience. Uh, so, uh, in terms of that, um, uh, how long did it take you to realize uh, like your your own ideal customer? It took me a while because. I was doing SEO, working for companies full-time and doing my own thing part-time for a while. So I wasn't focused too heavily on it. I would just pick up a few clients here and there. I wasn't trying to really build it up. But after a while, I realized who my target audience is and trying to focus on small, medium-sized business owners and trying to help them out, whether it's local businesses or e-commerce. I'm not specific to one industry. I know some people focus on maybe just only helping dentists or lawyers, but SEO, the algorithms are the same. So it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or you're a lawyer or you're just selling a physical product. It's just the keywords that you're using are going to be different, but same or similar strategies for link building and things like that. So try to help out anyone that has a legitimate, credible business that seems like it has potential to rank on Google and isn't too heavily competitive and trying to help those types of businesses out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know that um, um, helping small and medium businesses uh, is sometimes more difficult because you have to educate them more. And uh, also you have to do more heavy lifting in terms of, uh, you know, they don't have a, a dedicated resource who's going to be doing that. So in that sense, how do you solve the challenge of, uh, uh, you know, do, doing a complete SEO implementation in a small uh, company where it's really just the owner, maybe a couple of other people helping them um, to uh, do such a big project as SEO is? It's everything. is like you said, is a house. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, when that happens and try to get the business owner on board to help out, start getting them to blog because normally I would blog for them. I would build the backlinks. I would do press releases, do a lot of content marketing. But if that's the case, if they're smaller, then I tell them you need to write this content because you need to help out and put some time into this because that's not, it's going to be too expensive because I don't write the content myself. I have a team of writers and I have to pay the writers to write the content and it's not cheap to get good written content. So if, they can't afford much. I tell them, write the content yourself, and that's going to save you a bunch of money. There's still a lot of fixed costs with SEO that you can't really avoid, but if they can write content, that's going to help out a lot. Picking and choosing what product or service to focus on. So instead of trying to rank for all their keywords in all these different locations, maybe just picking a few to target and going from there and trying to scale up from there and build it up and build it up. But just also having realistic goals that might take a little bit longer if you don't have a bigger budget. It's going to take more time to build these backlinks and backlinks are what ranks websites and you have to pay one way or another, whether it's writing content or building relationships with bloggers or sponsoring trade shows or whatever way you build backlinks, there's usually some fixed costs associated with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love that um, how you advised for the owner to be more involved and start blogging. So do you also give them like technical training in terms of, you know, we mentioned so many paid tools and even to use them properly, you probably need some kind of background and education. Yeah, sometimes I'll consult with them, but usually I'll take care of that myself because it's really important to find the right keywords. And if that part's done improperly, it's going to impact how many people find them. Because if you use a singular, it might get 500 searches. Like someone searching for SEO class might only get 500 searches a month, whereas SEO classes might get 5,000 searches every single month. So it's really important to make sure you do the right keyword research and fix the technical things. And that part's a little trickier to explain, mm -hmm. but blogging, having them write content, having them write press releases, for the most part, mm -hmm. isn't too typical. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that you do like a all round service, like you find the writers as well. Uh, what what else do do you um, offer the clients? Do you also like do video creation no. uh, service or something? Like no, that? I don't really do video, but I just do whatever needs to be done to get them ranked high on Google. So, content is a very important part of SEO's algorithm or Google's algorithm. So, have to have writers because mm -hmm. God put out a lot of content for Google to make Google happy. So, whatever they need to be done, whether it's writing articles, blogs press releases or just product descriptions. It doesn't matter, but just getting content out there because content is mm -hmm. really a big part of Google's algorithm. It has to be original content, has to be well-written, can't just be generic kind of filler content. You want good quality content. So 
having good content out there builds trust up with Google and with people. So it's really important to get that out there. But my main focus really is on getting that free traffic from Google or ranking you higher on Google or ranking you higher on Yelp or Google Maps or YouTube or Amazon or any website that you can search on. There's always an algorithm and there's ways to put keywords on your website or whatever platform you're on. There's ways to put keywords in there to help you rank higher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you also recommend um, different strategies for different types of businesses? Because, you know, if you're a restaurant versus uh, a consultant uh, or a, um, a children's um, class for sports, let's say, they're all kind of different spaces uh, where people do their research. Um, so uh, do you focus on a special um, social media side or some other side, uh, depending on the industry of the client. Okay. We just got to put them in front of their audience, wherever their audience is. That's what matters. If they're on whatever platform, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest, or whatever platform, Google, Yelp, TripAdvisor, wherever they're at, we got to put you in front of them. So every strategy or every business is going to be slightly different or have people searching differently or looking differently for them. So it's just trying to figure out who is your audience? Where are they? And how do we get to you in front of them at the right time, at the right place? But it's not really a one size fits all. Every business is going to be different. Every locality is going to be different, whether it's like in Los Angeles or if we're targeting in another country, another continent, it's all going to be slightly different how people behave over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, that actually makes me also ponder upon uh, like one of the reasons that a lot of you, uh, a lot of podcasters also have a YouTube channel, uh, sort of just for discovery, uh, but not necessarily for consuming the content uh, right there. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, and also maybe there are some other reasons, for example, why you are on podcasts promoting your business, um, comparing to maybe getting on Instagram with an influencer doing a live versus Facebook live versus so many other things, you know, LinkedIn live. So I'm wondering what is so unique about podcasts in your opinion right now? Well, no, like you're saying, well, I put it on YouTube and YouTube is the second most popular website out there. Google's the most popular. Facebook and YouTube switch off every day between number two and number three, but YouTube is so powerful and gets such a big audience. So not many people are going to really watch the video on YouTube they might have it playing in the background and they're just listening to that podcast in the background, but they might find it or they're more than likely going to find it on YouTube just because YouTube has a much wider audience than any other platform out there except for Google and Facebook. But other than that, YouTube is really at the top and it's going to bring in so much more traffic than Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher or any of these platforms will ever bring in. Maybe in the future it's going to change, but right now YouTube just dominates and bring them so much traffic and the only downside with being on someone's instagram live or linkedin or something like that is google's blocked from all those sites so google doesn't see what you do on facebook or on instagram or on pinterest or linkedin google's blocked from all because they're all direct competitors so they don't want to help each other out so if i'm on an instagram live that's going to help me get ranked higher on instagram or get me more followers on instagram but instagram engagement sucks because Instagram only shows you to like 30% of the people that follow you. So if I do an Instagram live and get a hundred new followers, 
and I post a new status update, only 30 of those new 100 followers will ever see what I post without me still advertising and paying Instagram. So I have to pay money. So it's a pay-to-play platform, most social media platforms nowadays. And when you put your content out on a podcast, you usually get sent out to like iHeartRadio or Stitcher or Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all these different places. So you get the word out there and Google's not blocked from all those places. Some of them might block them, but for the most part, Google's not blocked from podcasting because Google doesn't have a direct competition with that. They're not a podcast platform yet. Who knows? Google might be jumping into that if they see an opportunity to make more money. They have their own Google Podcasts. (laughs) Oh, yeah, actually they do. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Google just tries to get their hand in everything. I think it's still not very big in terms of people actually using it but still yeah and yeah i love that part as well i agree with you that when you write a description to your podcast it's out there being searched by google so that's really powerful i i agree with that um and uh, it's like really so interesting i think i can talk about it all day um but um uh, I would like um, to um, ask you, like, what is the most, like, thing that is somewhat obvious, but um, it's just absolute gold standard of SEO and you, like, have The to most important it. thing is the backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you. Without backlinks, nothing really matters with SEO. Google's not going to rank you because they don't trust you. So building trust is number one. It's not easy to build trust, but the way to build trust is by getting other websites to talk about you, by getting other websites that are related to what you're doing. So finding other sites that are similar, building relationships with these websites and somehow getting them to talk about you, whether you give them a free article or do a podcast or do a sponsored post or do an event trade show or whatever you can do, but got to get that, get those Get the word out there. Get Google to see that other people are talking about you. That's the main, most important thing. Without that, unfortunately, nothing's going to matter with SEO. Everything is important, but without the backlinks, Google doesn't care about you. It doesn't trust you. Once you build those backlinks, then Google looks at the keywords to figure out what to rank you for. But it doesn't work the other way around. If you don't build backlinks, Google's not going to look at those keywords. But once you have built those, then Google's like, okay, we see you have all these backlinks. We start to trust you now. Now we got to figure out what to rank you for. And then they look at your title tag and all these other places, meta description, alt tags on images, header tag, all these technical places. Mm-hmm. All right, great. And um, in terms of um, a reading, um, I would like to know like some books and resources that you would recommend in terms of SEO. Uh, and also your personal list of things that have impacted you and your business, uh, just the books that you mm-hmm. loved uh, like in your the life. Your Revisited career. is a good book, or I mean, that one's good for SEO or for digital marketing. I don't really read too many books about digital marketing anymore, or it's been a while, but usually the way I stay up to date now is in forums or Facebook groups are pretty active to stay up to date or reading blogs and things like that. But you're trying to read a book on SEO. The thing about SEO is what works today doesn't necessarily work tomorrow. So that's the tough part is you could read a book, but it doesn't mean it's the most accurate. So I try to just, whenever I do read content or try to look at, read a 
watch a video, read a blog post, try to make sure it's from like the past couple of years because something from 10 years ago, it still might be true, but for the most part, things have changed so much, it's going to be tough. So in terms of like SEO kind of books and things like that, I don't really read too many of them, but I like The Power of Now is really impactful or The Four Agreements is a really good book just for personal development and growth. But digital marketing, it is tricky just Mm -hmm. because it is so dynamic and everything is changing. There is no constant. There's always something changing. Something's moving around. There's a new website that emerges, a new feature that Instagram adds, like Instagram Reels or new social media platform that pops up. So it is kind of tough. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that digital marketing is really dynamic. And, um, you know, as a futurist in one of the you know, personality tests, uh, and then the, um, it's called Gallup Strengths Test. I'm a futurist, and I was thinking, huh, would be really kind of cool if there was like this um, resource, um, we can call it book, but it's really digital and it updates itself with like new things but there's still the same question like i want to learn this and the content just changes <laughs> and then you don't have to because what we do as people we just go through it and we decide what is relevant and what is not um and even to know that you need to know something uh, so I, I think this is just you know a side comment from me uh, but i really really enjoyed our conversation um, and if you would like to add uh, something um, to the audience that they should think about or uh, they should do in their lives, um, now is the time because it's going to be uh, approaching the end just of our... Just keep working at it with SEO or digital marketing. Nothing's immediate. It all takes time. But over time, you'll start seeing the growth and getting more and more traffic, more and more visibility. But don't get discouraged with SEO. It's not immediate does take about six months to really kind of kick in so just keep working at it and just keep working at it little by little you'll see that growth month over month week over week year over year but you'll see the positive trend and you'll see that traffic coming in Mm, yeah awesome i think we all need some encouragement from time to time so Thank you for that, Brandon. And thank you so much for all your answers. Crystal clear, uh, really great consultant. So uh, I recommend to anyone. Thank you so much for for having me on. And for everyone that's listening, I created a special gift for everybody on my website. If you go to seooptimizers.com forward slash gift, you can find that page that I created a little gift for everyone. Once again, it's S-E-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z ers.com forward slash gift and they can find out more information about me and getting a hold of me and learning more about my services.